Well, I would spend some time doing some work within. And I say that because the more we know ourselves, the better prepared we are to create change. And it's always gonna be a little scary, but if you can honor what you're going through and really articulate those feelings, it will start to give you clarity. This is Chan with The Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. I'm your host, Max Chan. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey, Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Max. I'm grateful to be here. Uh, always a pleasure. And the reason why I brought you on today is my podcast is about uh, overcoming obstacles, whether it's in your career or personal life. And you had a story that you want to share in terms of like breaking barriers and being a first generation Latina business owner. But before we dive into that a bit more in depth, why don't you tell us a little bit of background about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So I am a business owner. My business is Inspired Journey Consulting. I work as a mindset coach and an international speaker. I help people who have been abused shift from self-doubt to self-empowerment. And the road here was paved with tears. Honestly, um, I unfortunately hold quite a record of a long history of consistent abuse starting when I was three years old. And so with that, um, I've been on my active healing journey for the past 21 years. And what I realized in that space is the self-doubt that we receive those messages from the abuser themselves. And then also from people that doubt the experience that you've been through it lingers and it tends to impact every area of our life and decisions that we make and holds us back from maybe even getting a seat at the table. So I want to change that and I want to help emotionally heal. I want to create a kinder, more inclusive world and I want marginalized voices to be heard. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about your upbringing before you became a mindset coach and speaker? Yeah. So I... I'm the youngest of three. We were raised part of our childhood in New York and then the teenage formative years in Colorado. We didn't come from money. You know, we were really raised on the concept of money doesn't grow on trees. It's all hard work. We don't have enough. <laughs> and therefore, go to college, get a career, get a paycheck and, you know, have credit cards. But hopefully one day you'll be financially free from debt. So I'm assuming uh, you went to college, right? Um, I went to college. I majored in mass communications and minored in marketing. I ended up, well, I first ended up in casinos because uh, there were no jobs when I graduated, but I found my way into hotels in sales. So I spent 20 years in the travel industry in sales and marketing. You have a long career in sales and marketing. What made you do this career shift that you're currently a part of? So it was really following my intuition. I started my business in October, 2019. And originally I was going to take those sales and marketing superpowers and work in the wellness travel niche and really support immersive wellness resorts so that people could find their way towards healing. And then six months later, the world stopped. And so I spent a lot of time, you know, showing up to build my brand because this is going to work, right? But I had the chance to really connect with what was happening inside of me and seeing that the things that I had been doing weren't necessarily the things that I wanted to do anymore weren't necessarily the things that I could give the world. And 
there was more that I could do. And so it was really a process of not just understanding, but letting go. Because it's really difficult to let go of what you've known and what's been really comfortable and try something brand new. And I probably terrify my husband every day that I try to do something different. You did a lot of soul searching during the uh, pandemic, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Because you say you want to start a business in like wellness, right? And that, but how did that shift to like mindset coaching? Yeah. So what I recognized when I was doing sales and marketing is it ends up looking at the bottom line, right? But what I really cared about was the people. I cared about their story. I cared about what their experience was. And so then I thought, well, maybe I can contribute into the employee experience. What could that look like? And I was spinning the strain that wasn't making sense in that space. It's not the intent wasn't there. It's just whether or not that would be the right way to go. I don't know. It was probably creating more pain within me seeing that there wasn't care for employees in the way that I would hope there would be. And I was introduced to human design. And that really opened my eyes to understand how I operate and the gifts that I have, the best way for me to make decisions, the best ways to manage my own energy. And I explored that. So I started to explore that and I read eight books in eight weeks. I was just devouring it. And then I was like, you know what, I need to do more. And so then I got certified um, and then I got an advanced certification and I said, okay, I can bring this into what I'm doing. And So that was really what kicked it off because I am open to what comes my way and I love to learn. I'm constantly reading and learning. So I said, I'm going to take all of this. I'm going to take the 21 active years of healing, the 15 consecutive years of therapy, the human design training that I'm getting. And then I found positive intelligence and I brought that in. And even from all the years of healing travel, where I tried different modalities and worked with energy healers and, and all of these spaces is a depth of knowledge that can be shared. And it amazes me each time I have these conversations and it's eye-opening for the people receiving it. And so I thought this is a gift and this is a way that I can create change. So, you know, being strategic as a business owner, I started to hold focus groups and get some thoughts on this shift and how this could look and what was needed and thoughts behind it. And I brought in people that I've known for some people for 20 years, some people for um, for five, but people from all different walks of life, different careers, different jobs, different friends, family. And the overwhelming feedback was, this is what you were meant to do. So I took that in my heart and I ran with it. One of the things that we discussed offline was breaking barriers, right? So Mm -hmm. how did you break this barrier to become the successful mindset coach and public speaker that you are right now? So it was first the idea of even breaking out on my own because that wasn't something that we were taught. Like I said, we were taught you need to have a paycheck, get that beautiful money put in your bank account every two weeks. And that's it. Get promoted, negotiate raises, et cetera, et cetera. actually being your own boss wasn't heard of. And then the only ways that it was even brought into our vision was through network marketing or representing another company, right? Whether that was, I mean, my family didn't sell Mary Kay, but you know what I'm saying? The examples like that, like being a representative in that space. And what we didn't see was financial success. We saw attempts and then we also saw, this isn't working, I'm gonna change and try something else. There wasn't growth, there wasn't a vision, there wasn't a trust in 
yourself, right? Like I'm taking something that is not just something I love and care about, but I'm, I'm disregarding the comfort zone. I'm disregarding the comfort zone of, of working for someone else, but also the industry that I knew and the skill set that I knew. And I'm trusting me. And that's something that has really been impactful in this journey. And in order to even do that in the first place, it started by me getting fed up, <laughs> to be honest. And I'm so surprised because it has been something that my husband and my friends and colleagues have talked to me about going out on my own for years. And I didn't want to do it because I was too scared until I was being passed up over for promotions and sitting in a hostile work environment and being discriminated against because of the color of my skin. And it launched me to create a change. But the fact that I'm even doing something different than what I set out to do in the first place, the fact that I'm trusting myself and, and learning and changing and growing, it's unheard of in my family. It's just, we were used to something more scripted. Going back to the promotion part, right? Mm -hmm. um, you said that you believe that the lack of promotions was due to nothing to do with your performance, had to do with prejudice. Yes. How did you figure that out? Yeah. So it took me a while, honestly, because I couldn't understand. I had amazing glowing reviews and I would have the conversation over and over again. And I was getting nowhere and being told there wasn't room. There is no room for that. There is no room for you to do this. But then a white woman was hired from the outside in the title that I was looking for in the position that there wasn't any room for. And that was incredibly frustrating. And I took a step back and realized how monochromatic things were looking in leadership and what that change had looked like. And I spent some time and there is a book called Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race by Renee Edo Lodge. And it's phenomenal. And she's a journalist in London. And one of the things that she speaks about is how you can see this covertly from white men in power. And the covertness is passing you over for a promotion with a polite smile, right? And it was that moment reading that where I went, oh my gosh, is this what's been happening this whole time? Because nothing else makes sense. I was told to come and create a business plan. So I made a business plan and I submitted it. Nope, nope, that's not going to work. Try this, Jackie. And, and these are what the leader telling me and I do that. Oh, nope, nope, that's not going to work. There was no other evidence to show a lack of growth and it was heartbreaking. And so I wanted to build my own table. So what did your family think? Because you said it's not normal for you to like jump ship and start your own business. But you said like you came from a little to no money, right? So it was the standard process of I go to school, get a good job. You had that good job, but uh, you had the glass ceiling and you were just fed up and you want to make a move. So how did your family take it when you were telling them that um, you're just frustrated with where you are in your career at this company and you want to start something new? Yeah. So they were surprised, excited. I don't think my family would discourage that kind of change in growth. It's more a lack of understanding how to support it, right? It's like the lessons that you learn from your people, they stop at a certain point. There couldn't be any try this, do this. It could really only be a, a sideline of guidance. The other question I want to ask you is how come you just didn't go to another job? Because that tends to be what people usually do is uh, they believe that they are as high as they can go at the company for whatever external factors there are. Uh, they'll end up just uh, being shifting their company. But you, on the other hand, said that, that you rather just start your own business at this point. What was the turning point in decision when you decided to start your own business compared to just going to another company and seeing if uh, your circumstances changed there? 
Yeah, it's a great question. What I will say is that in the travel and hospitality industry, there's significant turnover and specifically in sales. If you want to make more money, you're often changing spaces, you're changing roles. So the position that I was in was a very highly coveted role and there weren't as many out there. So maybe there would have been three or four other companies that could have offered the role that I was in. So it was definitely harder to come by. And the struggle and the conversation that I continue to have was what does my growth look like from here? Where do I go? What does that change? And the answer was always, we don't know. We don't know what your career plan will look like. And I'd say, well, can we map it out? Can we start to build that? Sure. But then it would never happen. And that was for me really concerning. If I went to another company and I went into the same role, am I stuck in the same position of not knowing what comes next instead of going into something higher or creating change or even knowing what is the path further on? So at that point, it was, I've done it. I've held so many positions in my industry that were dream roles for me. I had done global sales. I traveled 80% of the time. I was going to London six times a year. Then I went on the buyer side. I you know, I had these beautiful experiences. So I, would done, I had done it. And if no one else can tell me what that next part of the dream is, nobody seems to know Then I needed to create my own. The main issue a lot of people have is like they're trying to do big <laughs> things at like companies that they work at, but there's a lot of restrictions as you've experienced. When you start your own business, you have full control of your a vision and your destiny and you can make things happen compared to trying to make things happen at a company when you are when you have rules and regulations in place, similar to what you experienced earlier, where you were doing all these great things and you were not getting promoted. And sometimes you need that promotion to mold the vision that you want. You're restricted because, as you said, they hired someone outside that was uh, white. Yes, absolutely. So one of the things for me that I've noticed is as I continue to grow in my business, it has so much more value base in how I operate and the ethics that I hold and being intentional with my money, being intentional with my spending, focusing on building a space of inclusion and also really, truly caring about a person's well-being. And that for me has been huge. When I worked in the travel industry, I had gone through a really deep depression at one point and I was terrified to talk about it. I was terrified to ask for help. And years later, I learned that there was a part of our industry in that wellness and healing space that could have really helped me during that time, but I didn't know about it. And most people in the industry didn't know about it. So there was this lack of care and I operate with a big heart full of care. So I knew, and that was an intention when I even started this business, I never wanted people to go through what I went through or to feel like they didn't have the right resources. And that for me is incredibly important and a vision that I hold near and dear. Let's pivot our conversation to more of the positive. Why don't you tell us more about when you started your business, uh, how did you get your first clients and how were you able to grow it based off of your years of experience in uh, the travel industry? Yeah. So when I first started my business, it had a different face to it. So I used my uh, networking capabilities and, and went from there. But as business shifted, I really do focus on the people that I know. So as I look at my human design, a projector, and what that means is that I'm here to share and give wisdom. It also means that a best strategy for me when it comes to big things, including business, is being invited and, you know, or being recognized. So when I look at that, that looks like referrals. So I spend a lot of time with my network 
So I have a program that I call Inspired Stars, and that are those are the people that I know, love, and trust, people that have been involved in those focus groups that offer referrals to me. And I give different services to them, and they support me, and I have a cash gratitude that I reward as a thank you for that. So I spend time nurturing that group. On the other side of things, I work with LinkedIn pretty significantly, but I work in my first connections. And I want to nurture those and spend time there. And I do that in a way of support and care. And that's one of the things that's been really interesting as a business owner versus an individual salesperson is seeing how I want to show up in selling and how I also don't want to show up. So I focus on a long game a lot of the times because it has to be about building relationships. And that is something that I know from all of my years in sales and marketing. I also am significant in building my brand and I always have been. So I'm very active on social media. I have presence on Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. I spend most of my time actively on Instagram and LinkedIn. And then I also have a podcast that I utilize as well. I've written articles. I have a newsletter on LinkedIn as well. So I use marketing to my advantage. I'm authentic in my communication. I'm a speaker, as I mentioned. So that's also something that I bring into growing my business and gaining clients in that aspect. And because I'm willing to share and be vulnerable... There's an ease of connection and a magnetism that brings people together. And how did that pivot into like public speaking? How did you get into the uh, public speaking circuit? Mm. So that actually started just kind of fatefully. I had been listening to a podcast called Speaking Your Brand. And it was when I started my business and I just knew that one day I wanted to be a speaker. I honestly don't even know where that came from, but I said, this is what I want to do. And so I started listening to this podcast, signing up for a newsletter. And the owner, Carol Cox, she had done a summit called Brave Bold Beyond in October 2020 and sent out thing for auditions. So I sent in on audition and I started to work with them and they gave me a speaking coach, uh, wrote my talk and I did my first talk in October, 2020. And that for me was like, okay, great. This was going to be a long-term vision for me with the business, but here I am. I'm just going to keep going from there. Were you nervous when you started public speaking or did you do a lot of public speaking when you were in uh, the travel industry? You know what? I wasn't nervous. I had to stand up a lot and give presentations and do things like that in travel. But for me, it was about rehearsing and it still is. If I rehearse enough, then I'm probably more nervous, like sending an email <laughs> than I am standing on stage. Then goes like, the more prepared you are, the less nervous you get, right? Because <laughs> uh, you're nervous because you don't think you're ready. And if you want to become ready, you have to prepare more. Exactly. One of my first sales mentors would say failing to plan is, or planning to fail is failing to plan. Or no, planning to, failing to plan is planning to fail. <sighs> <laughs> Tongue twister, tongue twister. Yeah. yeah. For people listening to our conversation today, Jackie, and they feel stuck where they are, what do you like recommend as something that they could do, like small steps or take immediate action to get their life and career back on track? Similar to uh, what you've done, where you had your career, it wasn't going the way you want because of things that were out of control. And then you took matters into your own hands and took that big leap of faith. So for someone who was in your situation a few years ago, where they don't think that they're moving up in how they intend to, what's your advice and what do you want them to take action on immediately to get them in the right direction? 
That's a great question. Well, I would spend some time doing some work within. And I say that because the more we know ourselves, the better prepared we are to create change. And it's always going to be a little scary, but if you can honor what you're going through and really articulate those feelings, it will start to give you clarity. The other piece I would say is to spend some time with some mindfulness. And the reason that you want to do that is it will get you back into your body, allow you to be present, and it'll help to retrain your brain. And then when you do that, you're going to see that you'll be more innovative and you'll have clarity. So between those two things, it'll help you to create whatever change could be best for you, but it connects you back into you in a way of slowing down and fully understanding what's happening. Okay, I really appreciate the time we had today, Jackie. So how can people reach out to you to learn more about what you do and how you can help them? Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. The best ways to find me, like I said, LinkedIn at Jackie Roby, Instagram at Inspire Journey Consulting. My website's inspirejourneyconsulting.com. And on there, I actually have a free five-minute mental wellness guide that I'd highly recommend downloading to really just start your journey. Sounds good. Again, I really appreciate the time and hope the insights that you shared today will uh, help my audience move in the right direction that they want. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's three ways I can help you achieve your career goals for free. First, subscribe to this podcast as I post two episodes a week. Number two, leave a five-star review as this helps build the credibility of the show so we can gain access to more influential people to interview and bring those lessons to you to help elevate your career. And number three, connect with me on social media. There's a link in the show notes for you to click on that compiles all my active social media accounts, making it easy for you to find me and connect with me. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, Thank you.